Okay. Hey, uh, if you are new to youth, my name is Michael, and I have the privilege and honor of sharing with you guys today. We are at the beginning of our relationship series, XO, where we are talking all things love, dating, church, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, so today we're going to talk about a pretty general subject, which is just relationships in general. And uh, before we get started, what I wanted you guys to kind of point your eyes to was these shirts. Um, these shirts have an embroidered rose on them and at the back. You might, if you squint in your eyes, you can kind of see what it says, but it says found. And the idea is um, we put these roses on the stage, four roses to represent four people who gave their lives to Jesus at camp, which... which is the reason why we exist. And so the way that we thought to tie this all together was by these shirts to go, this is the purpose, this is the vision, this is why we do what we do. And those things are the most important parts of everything we do here. The show, the lights, the dancing, all of this is amazing, incredible, good, and enjoyable. But that is the reason why we are here. And so we're so grateful as we begin to start the series that this is how we begin to start it. Uh, we are gonna go and read from the Bible. If you are unfamiliar with the Bible, don't worry. If you don't have one, uh, we're gonna put it on the screen. We are not gonna go very difficult for you. So if you're saying, oh my goodness, I, I'm gonna try to find Malachi or Mika or whatever, it's like, no, we're not gonna go to any of the crazy Bible passages. We're gonna go right off the bat. We're gonna start right at the beginning and we're going to Genesis chapter two. We are talking about relationships. So it makes sense for us to go all the way to the beginning. This is what it says. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 24. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature that was its name, the man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she would be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. From the very beginning, you have a very interesting view of relationships. You see how in the beginning of all of this, here's Eve. She's a rib. Hey, look at me. I'm a rib. And then she becomes girl. And there's no in-between stages. There's no like, hey, like, <laughs> What's your visco? Or like whatever. There's none of that. It's like, it just goes straight to like, hey, uh, wow, we just met. You're my wife. There's no awkward stage. We just kind of get the idea from the beginning of man and woman is matrimony one to the other. And this is the image of relationships in a romantic sense. Now, every single person in the room has relationships in a number of different areas. We have friends. We have parents. We have grandparents. We have a number of different relationships that are going to mark our lives. It's not just the romantic ones. But we do know that romantic relationships change everything. We've seen this. You in high school already have the experience of your friends who started dating someone and then they're completely different. You're like, what happened to you? You know those guys who all of a sudden they're like, yo, let's go eat like a triple Whopper at Burger King, man. And then they get a girlfriend, they're like, oh, she's on, she got me on keto. You're like, what? <laughs> keto? 
Is that a drug? Like, what are you talking about? We know these friends. Man, I had a friend, his name is Jordan. Uh, he's a, a hockey player in the KHL. He's an amazing hockey player. And so when we were in high school, he was always practicing and playing hockey or whatever. So me, my friend Lucas, and my friend Jordan, we were like the three musketeers in high school. And Lucas comes up to me and says, hey, do you want to come over to my house and have some bro time? And I'm like, mm-hmm. So we go to Jordan. We go to Jordan. We're like, Jordan, you want to come hang out? It's going to be awesome. And Jordan goes, no, dude, I got practice. We're like, Phew. we respect it. You practice, you do your thing, Jordan takes off. Me and Lucas stay at the school 15 more minutes. We're hanging out, we're, we're wandering, we're talking to people. Lucas's mom shows up at the school. So we go into the car. We drive to Lucas's house. We're talking nonsense in the back. <laughs> You're ugly. <laughs> Look at your jawline. We're doing all that in the back. And then as we're driving on the road, I look to my left. And who do I see? My friend Jordan. And who is Jordan with? Jordan is not playing hockey. Jordan is with a girl. So I do what any good friend does. I drop the window and stick my head completely out dog style, right? And then something happened that changed and marked our relationship forever. We made eye contact. And at that point, you think my friend is going to drop to his knees, beg for forgiveness, repent of this awful crime. No. What Jordan began to do was one thing that scarred me for the rest of my life. Jordan jumped into the bush that was next to him. And I thought to myself at that point, to him, I was just a piece of meat. He did not care about our relationship. He cared about that girl. And it didn't end well. And I kind of laughed. <laughs> relationships are difficult. Confusing, strange. Think about my relationships with my mom. I realized that when I was a kid, my mom did a lot of criminal things. I thought they were normal like going to the Guilford movie theaters and watching four movies in a row. I thought that's just what you did. <laughs> and everyone who's laughing, he's saying, I just did that. <laughs> or my grandma, my grandma loved her to death, but she thinks that every single problem in the world, a heartbreak, stub my toe, break my collarbone, everything is solved by Vicks VapoRub. That's what she believes in life. <laughs> I look at my grandmother, Spanish, to, as, as you could be, and I look at this relationship and I go, this is, this is fascinating to me. That you think Vicks VapoRub solves every possible problem. Relationships are weird. My grandma has this constant tendency to grab ketchup or any kind of a sauce, and she would go, hey, do you want some? As she's already putting it on. And I go, why are you asking me? And then I thought, you know what, I moved out of my house. I'm not with my grandma anymore. And then my wife one day said to me, do you want some ketchup? And she's putting it on. And I said, oh, dear God, it's back. Next thing I know, my wife's like, it's okay, Vicks VapoRub. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what happened? Right? Relationships are a fascinating thing for us. We have all these people that we know, and we live in a society, we live in an age where, man, we have a lot of friends. We don't have a lot of friends. 
We have a lot of people that we follow and follow us and keep track of our lives and know the ins and outs. But if something really happens to me, who am I going to call? That's us. Intimacy, vulnerability is the ultimate problem in our society. Let's be straight. And I look at people and I go, man, there's, there's a really funny moment where I, where I know I'm somebody's friend. And this is, what, this is the ultimate state of vulnerability. There is no higher state. It's when you're with someone and they're right about to sneeze. The things they do in that moment are the craziest things you'll ever witness in your entire life. They are the most honest that they'll ever be. Have you ever seen someone about to sneeze? The sun hits them in just the perfect direction and they go, they brace for some reason. You're like, what's about to happen? Or the face they make is only like compared to one other face that they're ever going to do. When they stub their toe, you know, when you stub your toe and you're like, ah! You're like, did you just become a gremlin? Like what happened to your face? There's these moments that we lose in interaction with each other because we spend so much time looking at people not for who they really are and not giving them what they truly need. Intimacy, relationships are important for life. I just heard a story of my friend who started a charity in Nepal and he was talking about one girl who uh, was constantly in this kind of cycle of poverty and she, what, she was stuck in sex slavery. She was taken and she was put into uh, this home and just atrocious things began to happen and she was rescued. And she got put into this rescue home and she was apprehensive to every single person and did not want to talk to them. She didn't trust anybody anymore. There was no vulnerability there. And one day she was drinking a Coke and she just kind of took a drink and somebody talked to her and she said, hey, could I have a sip? She said, sure, and the girl grabbed the same can that this girl was drinking from and drank from the same can, and she began to cry. Kind of an odd sight. And she says, the idea that you would share a drink with someone as disgusting as me has changed everything. Sharing a drink, remembering a name, intimacy, vulnerability, relationships are important. The way that Genesis describes this thing is very, very important. When we in life think about uh, the scripture or the Bible, sometimes we get a, a bit confused when we hear things like one flesh or uh, Eve came from a rib. This language that maybe if you've grown up in the church for forever, you've, you've heard so often, but you don't really know what's going on. I remember as a kid, uh, I kept on hearing this idea that Jesus was perfect, and so I remember being six in a Sunday school class, and somebody said, Jesus was perfect. And I went, what does that mean? And then I go, so you're telling me he looks like Brad Pitt. That was my idea of perfect. <laughs> Could you imagine? If so, I'd be pretty. Anyways, uh, the idea is so often we get caught up in this language. We talk about all the time about the Bible. and We don't really track with what it's talking about, but relationships are important. Relationships are needed. Relationships are things that we have to attach ourselves to because that's the way that you and I do life. This is what verse 21 says. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. The idea that it's coming from is the idea that from one body two people were. From one body, two people were. 
And this idea begins to be continued. In Mark chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus begins to reframe those exact same words. And he says it this way, And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. It's going back to the original design. Two were from one. Relationships ultimately are a guide and a role model to go back to two were for one. The reason why I bring up my wife so often when we talk about these things, about sometimes when we fight or sometimes when we argue or sometimes we just get into these uh, silly little laughing fits. And the reason why I talk about it so much is because what I'm trying to offer to you is something that I never had. I never grew up having a healthy marriage in front of my eyes. I saw a one-sided life, which was just females in my family. Guys were alcoholics and drug addicts and doing crazy things. There was one uh, soccer game that we went to. I come from a Spanish background. Soccer's really, really big. And we went to a family reunion to watch a soccer game. And I go to the bathroom and I go outside to six of my cousins flipping my grandpa over to do a keg stand, okay? My grandfather was 84. What are we talking about? Like, I could barely walk. So I'm sitting there going, all right, this is where I'm coming from. This is my background. Some of you in the room have never had a healthy relationship to look at. Some of us in the room have never understood that there is a standard and a line and a perspective that you should be having about the way that you interact with people. See, the beautiful part about Eve being known as, as the rib, she's coming from the rib, is one commentator says it this way. God's choice of a rib to create Eve, he didn't make Eve out of the head to top him, not the feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. These are the crazy circumstances that happen in life. When you have no expectation of what it looks like to see a human being for what they really are, things begin to go a bit sideways. The way you talk to people, the way you interact with them, you do a lot of really weird things. I'm pretty sure within your interactions with maybe somebody from the opposite sex or your parents or somebody, you could probably fall into these four categories of a bad relationship starter. One is a placator. And you're like, what in the world is that? Placating is eager to please, apologetic, a yes man or a yes woman. A placator is somebody who says, whatever you want or never mind about me, it's okay. It's a case of peace at any price. And the price is that a placator is ultimately not valuing themselves for who they really are. Because this placator has difficulty expressing anger and holds so many feelings inside, he or she tends towards depression. And as studies show, may be prone to illness, placators need to know it is okay to express anger. Maybe there's people in the room who are like that. You're the yes man. You just, oh, I don't want to be the inconvenience. And you just kind of hold everything in. Maybe in your relationships with people, you're the blamer. The blamer is a fault finder who criticizes relentlessly and speaks in generalizations. You never do anything right. You're just like your mother. You're just like your friends. Inside, the blamer feels unworthy or unlovable. Angry at the anticipation he or she will not be getting what is wanted. Given a problem, the best defense is a good offense. The blamer is unable to deal with or express pain or fear. Blamers need to be able to speak on their own behalf without indicting others in the process. What about the computing individual? The computer is very reasonable. 
calm, collected, never admits mistakes, and expects other people to conform to them and perform for them. The computer says things like, upset? I'm not upset. Why would you say that I'm upset? They're afraid of emotion. He or she prefers facts and statistics. I don't reveal my emotions, and I'm not interested in anybody else's. Computers need someone to ask how they feel about specific things. Maybe you're none of those, and maybe you are the distractor. The distractor resorts to irrelevancies under stress, avoids eye contact and direct answers. Quick to change the subject, he or she will say, what problem? Let's have Sam and Bridget over or our friends over. They confront, that confronting the problem might lead to a fight, which could be dangerous. Distractors need to know that they are safe, not helpless. The problem can be solved and conflicts resolved. You have all of these issues. You have all of these things in your life as to why you would not have a good relationship. Listen, me and my wife are not perfect. She is to the moon extrovert. Like, our biggest fight is how long do we stay at this wedding? All the time. Every single time. Why don't you dance with me? You used to dance with me. You have hips like Shakira. Relax. I know. We're back and forth. Sometimes we're not always the happiest people. We fight. We struggle. We have things that we're not on the same page as. But in the end, even though I'm probably all four of these in one way or another, I look at my marriage and I look at someone who I want to become more like. There is no one on this planet, I am sorry, but it's not you. There's no one on this planet I want to be more like than my wife. My goal, my, my vantage point, is to give you for the next couple of weeks as we go through this series a vision, uh, an expectation, a standard, because quickly what you're going to realize in your relationships with people is if you do not have a standard for a relationship, the relationship will start a standard for you that you may not agree with, and that's why you begin to change. Do you get what I'm saying? If you do not have an expectation for your relationship, the relationship that you rush into will create an expectation for you. If you want me to be happy with you, you have to do. If you want me to be happy with you, then we have to go and... If you do not have an expectation for your relationships, then your relationships will create an expectation on you that changes you, sometimes not for the better. I can look at my wife and go, I have an expectation. I have a standard. I have a vision. My vision, my goal, my standard, the expectation that I have for my marriage is that when I look at her, her sole purpose and job is to make me more like Jesus, and my sole purpose and job is to make her look more like Jesus. Is that the motivation of why you want to date someone? Is that the motivation of why you want to be really close to someone next to you? Now listen, I, I did not start there. I was a gong show. Long story short, my first ever date, I used a two-for-one coupon and made the girl pay. I was a long way from where I am now. It's crazy. You guys are messed. Anyways, but it's crazy. We have these things in our mind that we begin to see, and, and even for the guys in the room, uh, there's a book uh, by this comedian, and he says it this way about guys, and I, it might sting. A man fishes for two reasons, 
He's either sport fishing or fishing to eat, which means he's either going to try to catch the biggest fish he can, take a picture of it, admire it with his buddies, and toss it back to the sea. Or he's going to take that fish on home, scale it, fillet it, toss it in some cornmeal, fry it up, and put it on his plate. This, I think, is a great analogy for how men seek out women. If you're really honest, the motivation and the vision of why you want to date someone isn't because, oh man, I just want you to make me look more like Jesus. It's because you're really nice to tell my friends about. It's, wow, I can't believe I landed you. Or, I'm actually kind of lonely and I just want someone to be there for me 24-7. What's the motivation? What's the goal of why you want to date in high school? If you want to have that Man Crush Monday, or that woman, whatever day, Wednesday, maybe a Saturday, I don't know. You're like, wow, you're, oh, look at your eyeballs. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I, I look at people on Instagram sometimes, and people that are gaga over each other on Instagram, I'm like, mm, that's a tough breakup, right? Like, I'm sitting there going, like, you're deep. Let's slow down. Let's relax. What's the vision? Is the vision that every single time I see you, like, oh my goodness, I'm so sweaty and excited. What? What does that even mean? I don't know. Maybe sometimes you look at someone and you're just so excited about what they offer you. Maybe it's someone who in your school is just super popular and extremely attractive and everyone looks at you and goes, I can't believe you're with her. <sighs> I know, man. It's, my, it's the jawline. It gets them every time. I don't know what your thing is. But what's your motivation? What's your expectation? What's your vision? What's your standard? Because I think what Genesis says to us is the expectation is you are not looking at someone who is above you to make you better. You are not looking at someone to become your slave when you're in a relationship. You're looking for someone to be your side. Man to a woman. Woman to a man. Someone who's beside you and equal with you. Someone who gives you a vision of what you can be. Isn't that amazing? I just did a wedding, a wedding at a, this super bougie place. And I remember in the sermon, there's this idea of your spouse that you have to really look at. It's not just dating, it's, it's a larger vision of what your life looks like. In the Bible, there's this crazy theological term called eschatological realism. And you're going, did you just speak Japanese? Yes. Eschatological realism means this. You are who you are becoming. Which means when the Bible says that you are holy, you look at your life and you're like, dude, I'm not holy. When the Bible looks at your life and it says you are blameless, you're like, dude, I'm not blameless. When the Bible says to you, you are righteous, you are saying, I'm not righteous. The reason why the Bible can use that language for you is because it's, it's speaking about who you are with the language of who you are becoming. And I look at my life and I go, there is no greater tool in my life than my wife to make me who I will become. And I have to view this relationship in such a way where she will be the hand to the sponge. She will administer the pressure, but whatever comes out is things that I have held inside. So if I'm frustrated and I'm angry and I'm bitter and a bit of pressure comes on, it's financial stress or it's we're moving homes or other things that begin to happen in life, whatever is on the inside eventually will come out with some pressure. My spouse is the most beautiful mirror for me becoming more like Jesus. What is your expectation for relationships? 
Take this out of romance and look at your friends. What is your expectation for your friendships? Just to not sit alone? Just to have someone who I can continue my streak with? I'm so sorry, I don't know what's wrong. You have to be able to look at your life as more than just, I wanna look cool, I wanna feel better, and you have to look at it going, I just want to see something more in myself that I cannot offer, but can be offered to me. See, relationship is the cornerstone of all that we are doing here. What those roses represent is a relationship that just as Jesus sees Adam and Eve and says that they, of two individuals from one flesh, one flesh, people, this is how they are to be, that Jesus himself took on that same flesh to look at you and I and say, can we just maybe start a relationship? Maybe can you and I have a friendship? Maybe can you and I start something where everything that you've ever wanted, maybe in a boyfriend or a girlfriend, worthiness and value and a sense of yourself that makes you actually feel complete, what if all of those things go away? What if all of those things no longer are there because what Jesus is offering to you is everything that you've always wanted in your life? What if the God of the universe saw you and all the messed up stuff that you think about, you say, you watch, that you do, all those things that you look at yourself as and you say, I am unhappy with me. What if the God of the universe looked at you with compassion and said, even though, even though, like my fear with people sometimes is, man, if you know more about me, you wouldn't like me. But God knows everything about me and still wants me anyways. That's you in the room. And what those roses represent is people who are looking at this relationship and going, I'm not going to be complete or whole or find the one in somebody else at my school or maybe later in university or maybe later in a job or someone who's just going to make me feel better because if that pressure goes on that person, you will break them. But if that pressure that you say, I want to be complete, I want to be made whole, and I want to be made new, is put on him, everything changes. Life begins to be seen in a lot of different colors. I look at my life and following Jesus, and I see my relationship with my wife, and I go, I don't know how you could do it any different. What's your vision? What's your expectation? What's your view on relationships that you truly do need? Because for me, I would say, listen, think about Jesus first. Before you think about the guy in the class or the girl at the coffee shop, what if your, your, your priorities really have to be set in such a way where it's not just physical needs that have to be met or mental needs that have to be met? But we said this last week is that life, with all the endless opportunities of people that you can date, gives you endless amount of choices. The world, what school you go to, who you marry, who you date, endless amount of choices, but eternity gives you two. What Jesus is offering is life, and life to the full. What's your expectation? What's your vision for the people around you? I hope that you would join us as we go through singleness, dating, and sex for the next couple weeks, and we have those conversations, and I hope that you would be with us as you begin to see how Jesus works in and through all of those. Let me pray.
Father, we thank you so much for our time together. I pray that you would just allow us to have a vision, see, begin to have an expectation for what it is that we want for our life. And I just pray that as Adam had Eve equal and beside him going together to do the work that you had asked them to do, that we would have a vision, an expectation of what it is that we want in our lives for relationships. I pray that you would just move in us, that as we go through the chaos for the rest of the night and just the fun and the enjoyment of what we have going on, that you would allow us to kind of maybe cut through all of that to get to the place of saying, maybe the greatest relationship that I need isn't with somebody else, but it's just with you. I pray that maybe we would get to this place, that you would move in us in such a way that that would just be a, a beautiful reminder for us. And we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, before the band comes up, I just, uh, I feel like the opportunity uh, for us is pretty important as we go and as we begin to think about uh, today. As we are here and at kickoff and excitement and fried chicken and all these different things, um, I can't help but look at those four roses and go, maybe there is an opportunity for someone here who has been here for a very long time or maybe has never been asked this question. Um, what I'm going to ask is if there is someone here who says, I want to have this relationship with Jesus. Um, sometimes what we do is in churches, we like close our eyes and then, you know, everybody peeks anyways. So it's like, why are we closing our eyes? And so what I would ask is if you are someone who says, you know what, today's the day, there's going to be a, a big turn in my life and I want to give my life to Jesus, would you raise your hand? Would you be so bold to be that person who wants today for the first day to say, man, this is my, I want a relationship with Jesus. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, let's give these people a round of applause, man. This is, this is incredible thing. amazing and uh and let me just tell you listen yeah music was awesome uh fried chicken was awesome dancers were amazing um in my eyes uh nothing compared to that moment so if you are someone who raised their hand today I just want to uh, have you pray this with me and uh we can begin to go so father we just thank you um for this day that as we sit here and we think about uh, today, that we would be the, per the people who, if we raised our hand, that we would say, Father, I just repent of sin, and uh, I give you all of my faults. My sin is now yours. I pray that you would give me life and that you would be with me for the rest of my time here, Father. I just pray that you would move in me, that as my sin is now yours, that your life is now mine, and that this community, this, this church, these people around me will be the progression of me furthering my relationship with you. So, Father, we thank you. We love you. Just want to pray. Amen.